manager, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hi, welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlife podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. And uh, this is episode 34, and it's at the end of a long day. My Sundays are becoming nothing but a morass of comic books. It's all I do all day Sunday, every Sunday. I've been trying like hell to get the room we record in, cleared enough of comic books to become an actual studio. I have a good mixer. I know. It's been in the box for five months. It's a lovely box. Because I've got no place to put the goddamn thing because this place is still, there's no room to really put stuff because there's still long boxes all over the place. So what has happened is uh, now that summer is over and our work schedules are completely back to normal and I don't have time to do any cataloging what with my drinking problem... (laughs) I, I wind up doing it. No, no, no. You have a drinking hobby and a comic book problem. Well, <laughs> <laughs> write that down. That's, <laughs> the, that's the first possible title of the week. But uh, yeah, you know, we get home from work and we're kind of wiped out. And we've got the Crisis on Infinite Midlives mascot, Parker the Kitten, who demands attention, else he'd destroy everything that we love. Yes. So that takes up most of our evenings. Friday night, we blow out. We go out and drink heavily. So Saturday, anything having to do with the alphabet or numbers, movement, I can't. General I, movement. Yeah, the idea of coming up the stairs <laughs> and and sitting in a chair that isn't like you know, temper foam to my butt. <laughs> and just the simple movements of book into bag and catalog it with the, the LED, the, the, with the, the barcode gun. I can't handle it. Especially since, you know, you get that exquisite headache hangover, so the ping of the gun just reverberates off the inside of your skull oh, repeatedly. Oh, yeah, the, the back right <laughs> of my skull, it's it's <laughs> like just a ting of like a, a framing hammer. Yeah. So I, I can't do it on Saturday, and I'm usually so shattered most of Saturday, at least I can't drink heavily on Saturday night. So it feels like every Sunday I get up early, I get up before you. Yep. The one saving grace is the cat loves you more than me, so he won't get out of bed. He's like, yeah, you get the fuck out of here so I can take my rightful place. And I, I make some coffee, and I come in here, and I, I do a long box. And it, it takes like six hours to do 300 books. And half the time, you know, every fifth book, it's like, oh, this is a duplicate. What box is that in? And it's uh, I do it all day long, and then, uh, yeah, we have lunch. And then we prep for the show and come up and do the show. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Although I have to say, in my favor today, I have not yet gotten out of my pajamas. Well, it, believe me, that works for me. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been functional for roughly 11 hours and uh, I'm still in my pajamas. <laughs> and if either of us had showered, that could lead someplace. But <laughs> right now, we'd both be sticking places that nobody needs and... And now we've lost every single listener of this show. That's a shame. That, that, that sound you hear is millions of people unfollowing. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, I've been doing this. And I went back into, I put all the comic books into this uh, collector's database program. And I went back and I looked at the first book I cataloged. I've been doing this fucking project for a year and a half. Yeah. I've just 
today I, I got to the 11,000th fucking comic book, which is nowhere near a record. I saw on some website or, or another, some dude just got in the Guinness book for like a 96,000 book collection. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, he must have no job because <laughs> it, t- it takes forever to keep track of these fucking things. Well, I mean, I, I, I pointed out to you, though, that, yeah, it's a year and a half, but these are, with the exception of the books that your mom threw out at some point or got lost or trashed somewhere, this is, and also with the exception of the books that are mine, every single book that you've purchased since you were a child. Oh, yeah. So a year and a half is a long time, but that's a shit ton of comic books. Oh, yeah, and, <laughs> and as I'm going through, I'm finding great stuff. We talked about... Miracle Man last week. I, I broke into the box today that had all the Miracle Man and Miracle Man Apocrypha. Yep. So uh, now those are squared away. Those are not going into storage. Yeah, and you found a Fables 1 that's mine, and if I could be bothered to get it graded, it might actually be worth something. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it's still in good shape, so it's still worth something. Yeah. If you wanted to pay the nice people to slab it and put an official number on it, it could be worth, yeah. you know. It, Tens I, of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth tens of dollars now god damn it <laughs> but uh yeah it came a, a marvel team up 60 i think spider-man and the wasp oh wow which yeah was a book that scared the shit out of me as a kid that's one where uh the villain is uh this guy equinox oh you he, told me about that yeah he's got half the powers of the human torch and half the powers of Iceman, and they alternate half his body's on fire and half is ice and they switch, and you know, when they switch, when there's it, a herpes joke there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> only when it's on his lower half, <laughs> the upper half that's scabies or something else. But either way, you got good <laughs> points. But but uh, and uh, yeah, his his motivation. He was introduced in these two books. Um, the first one was a uh, fifty nine, I think. I'm I'm guessing these numbers because uh, again, heavy drinking. I can't keep track of numbers, but. He was introduced in the previous issue, which I also have and came across a while ago, and it scared the shit out of me as a kid because his whole motivation was this accident happened to me and now I want to kill folks. So he just, he he had this mean look. His face, for some reason, was like Wolverine mask. (laughs) Uh, Why an explosion would add bone matter to your face, I have no idea. But uh, yeah, and he supposedly killed Yellow Jacket in the previous one. So yeah, these two books scared the shit out of me. So there's a certain amount of nostalgia and empowerment to, ha I found you, and read it again. It's like, yeah, you have no power over me anymore. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, there's one-off John Byrne villain that uh, I think Dan Slott used and killed off in a single page like two or three years ago. You should send him a cookie. <laughs> yeah. I also found all but one, and I should really hunt it down, because I, I got a soft spot for this book that nobody listening to this trust me you do not remember this book (laughs) but after star wars broke and marvel had the star wars license dc came out with a book star hunters that sounds familiar yeah it's it only ran seven issues and i got six of them the main guy was donovan flint Mm -hmm. who was uh an irish blonde dude with a mustache clearly meant to be Han Solo by way of your local whiskey bar. And, <laughs> He's you! Well, I'm not blonde. But the cool thing was he, he had uh, wrist gauntlets that had guns in them, and when he would think, it was like Wolverine for shooters. He'd <laughs> issue a mental command, and the gun would flip into his hand, and he could just blast people. 
That's all I remember about it. I, I haven't read it in years. I wouldn't use that power for good. And I, I know at some point, and I know this just from seeing the covers again, at some point he gets blown up and comes back to life. <laughs> so there's a whole Jesus thing going on, drunken Irish Jesus. <laughs> drunken Irish space Jesus. Write that write down. That down. <laughs> drunken Irish space Jesus. But uh, yeah, I mean, it went nowhere. Because I remember as a kid, I would buy it and everybody else would be, that's the dirt Star Wars, man. The real <laughs> Star Wars is on the other side of the spinner rack. Like, I'll get that too. My allowance is 70 cents. I can get two books. <laughs> Well, hello, Mr. Moneybags. I know, yeah. <laughs> Living high in central Connecticut, <laughs> down at Ebb's Corner Market, buying off the spinner rack. Two books. <laughs> Two books a week. And if I wasn't a little shit, my mom would buy me one. Ah. I rarely got that third book. <laughs> so don't get me wrong, it's cool finding all these things that I've had since I was a kid that somehow, you know, those and not the early Iron Fist or anything that could actually be worth something, you know. <laughs> These are the books that have come with me through childhood in the 70s. But, yeah, it's fun coming across them again. But, my God, 300 books, bag, board, catalog, alphabetize, and then try to haul the goddamn long box out sometime during the week before I got to go to work. Yeah. And uh, only nine more to go. That's, that's oh, not Jesus bad. Christ. <laughs> well, considering this is long box 38, 39, 38. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I love comic books. They're not loving me back this last year and a half. <laughs> well, no, at this rate, though, if you're doing one every two weeks, you probably will get this cleared by the end of the year, other than new accruing books. Well, and that's the other problem. All these books on top of the long boxes are stuff since the last time I went on a flat-out <laughs> just bag and board of recent stuff. That's gotcha. That's about six weeks worth of books. So I'm so maybe by March. I'm guessing we between <laughs> us fill a long box every two months. Wow, we buy a lot of books. We do buy a lot of books. My, my allowance ain't seventy cents anymore. And uh, <laughs> well, there's also inflation. And seventy cents was e- easily several million dollars. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> if I'd put that into the bank and let it accrue interest, I could still never retire. <laughs> but that's what happens. Yeah, when you grow up and. Have no kids. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I'll spend it all at the local comic store. Yeah. It has worked out. It has. And someday this will be an actual room again. I know. It's I I'm I'm just sort of thrown by the fact I can see the wall behind your head right now instead of just a, a massive of boxes. And that's good because that's another place to hang art. Because even <laughs> yesterday was big with comics, because even with the hangover, we went to the framers and picked up all the art that we got at San Diego Comic-Con and And Boston Boston, Comic-Con. So, and I'm not good at (laughs) hanging pictures. But you've got it down at this point. So if I say, you know, just kind of make it more or less level across the top with the other ones, you you pretty much have it down. Well, there was much less cursing this time. That's because the way we set it up, we've got a wall that we put stuff up on. That has never had anything on it, so I yeah. could just kind of eyeball it, and it didn't matter. Yeah, you know, it's you know when the last time we hung stuff where everything was the same size and going on the same wall, and I had to make it kind of level. And Jesus Christ, I have never hammered nails and pulled them and <laughs> cursed and repeated. It, it yeah, was like yeah. it was like I forgot the incrementer in the loop, and it <laughs> just went forever. Yeah, you were you were unhappy. <laughs> but yes, now we we have a small wall that is. Just Simon Bisley. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. So my Bisley Judge Dredd and your John Constantine. Yep. And uh, Art from the Suicide Bridge. Yep. 
and now uh yes uh, above your side of the bed and it really is that cool constantine from yeah constantine was a theme for me this summer at conventions i, I i've i was not expecting to find that particular watercolor but it is the coolest constantine i think i've ever seen <laughs> yeah we should take a picture and and put it up yeah it remind me before we put up the show notes to grab a cell phone picture or something or find the camera yeah and and i've got my my dancing baby Groot, which sort of is the in vogue character of the season but i don't care it's freaking adorable yep <laughs> and it leaves my side of the bed open for i don't know metal hurling pseudo tentacle <laughs> porn i don't know we'll sure see, we'll see what mood strikes me yeah at the next convention sure <laughs> <laughs> oh god I, I i will give you um a shiny quarter to walk up to to some random artist and ask for tentacle porn. Okay, who's drawing Captain Marvel these days? Uh, I'd like Captain Marvel <laughs> in tentacle and day. Okay, see, and that's 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 when all of the women now have just clicked off. So <laughs> we're down to like five listeners. <laughs> yeah, I was being facetious. <laughs> totally go Spider Woman first. <laughs> Seems like a better fit. She could probably take on, well, because, you know, Hydra. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, all right, that's a visual that's going to stick with me. <laughs> You're welcome. But, so yeah, it, it's been all comic books, so it, it's kind of kind of nice, even though it's still comic books. It, let's talk about TV. Sure. It's I like TV. It's going to segue as we're going to get. <laughs> so... This weekend was the first time we've got a ton of, t- of comic book TV shows coming up. Uh, the first one actually showed up in the two-week TiVo window, so I could do a season pass. Oh, wow. Which one so, is the first one? Gotham. Up? Gotham. Because, yeah, I'm I'm not sure of the premiere dates because I just check every few days, and if I find it in the search, I just hit season pass. Well, that's the beautiful thing about the TiVo is you don't have to remember when things are on anymore. You just have to remember the name of the program. Oh, yeah. I live in the 21st century. I don't give a fuck when anything is on. Yeah. I don't have a clue things show up and I'm like cool <laughs> um but yeah we also have the flash coming up and Constantine and uh, I don't know when the second season of Marvel Agents of Shield is going to premiere in January we've got Agent Carter yep um and yeah uh, the big comic book TV news this week was uh it was announced that TNT of all fucking yeah. places basic cable uh, is close to making a pilot deal for uh, Titans teen, or Teen Titans okay. TV show, uh, which supposedly is going to feature uh, Dick Grayson as Nightwing. <laughs> They're not really saying who else could be in it. Uh, they mentioned maybe Raven or Starfire, who are two characters who aren't involved in any other property that's going on, so they're at least probably clear. And the sad thing is, I just thought of this. Like, it's gonna If it's live action, all I need to do is get some actress with fake boobs and a fake tan and she'll kind of look like Corey without further special effects oh i was thinking about that you, you need a, <laughs> you need an orange girl that based on how scott lobdell's scott lobdell's been writing them is just a sex star of slut snooki needs shit to do <laughs> now she's not tall enough you need you need somebody a bit taller what what's tara reed doing these days <laughs> <laughs> sharknado three <laughs> blow <laughs> But, um, so yeah, it's, 
it's being uh, who's who's producing it. Akiva Goldsmith, and that's the fucker who wrote Batman and Robin. They're letting him back oh, at Jesus. Batman properties. Yeah, this this will go well. <laughs> well, I mean, it could. He was also involved in Fringe that I've heard is pretty good. I still have season one Blu-ray sitting downstairs that I'll I'll try out sometime. Doesn't that last for like two seasons? Uh, three or four. Three or four. It, it's one of those that uh, we heard it got good. <laughs> I just wasn't really interested in, in a, a vehicle for Big Head Pacey. I, <laughs> it's, uh, I Joshua hope. Jackson, I, j- something or other Jackson. That kid, uh, the one that that the one that wasn't Dawson. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I I never watched that show because I have <laughs> testicles and dignity. But it, we did uh, on my first homemade TiVo. We we picked up the first season and then the hard drive on that quit, and we just never uh-huh. watched any of them or got back to it. Right, but. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that this is going to be on basic cable, except I did give it some thought, and you really need to be off broadcast TV <laughs> on a show where all the main characters' friends just yell out, Dick, <laughs> I guess, but... You guess? <laughs> Why isn't this on Cinemax? <laughs> I, realistically, I mean, the Hulk TV show, uh, they thought the name Bruce was kind of swishy and fans they made him david banner you know they could call him richard (laughs) why not (laughs) yeah no i'm just trying to think i mean they depends on which other characters i guess they get in there it and and also at this point you've got so many different programs now on so many different channels they've already used sebastian blood in arrow yeah so if they go with Raven, that takes a major storyline right off the table. <laughs> well, no, wasn't she Trigun's daughter? Yeah, but she has history with Brother Blood. Okay, yeah. Massive those, history with Brother Blood. Yeah, the, those early Teton Titans, I, I got a few of them, but I never... That was that was not one where as I go through these boxes, I'm going to find a lot of them. Yeah. Which um, is a shame. I, I have number one. And also... That will, that will pay for a day's worth of respirator in the home, but... <laughs> Again, you know, you've got Arrow, so that takes any of that particular group of characters right off the table because you're not getting Arsenal or Speedy, probably. Um, well, yeah, I mean, who could they get? I mean, okay, Speedy, uh, unless they make it somebody else, is probably right out because Roy yep. Harper is in Arrow. Yep. Um, but who else did you just mention? Uh, Raven, I mean, they kind of mentioned in the press release Raven is a probably. Yeah, well, I mean, I... If you go with with more or less the originalish crew, you you've got Starfire, you've got Raven, you've got uh, Dick in his Robin phase because he doesn't actually go as Nightwing until later with the group. Um, you've got Terra, but they've already had the Markoffs in Arrow, or at least one of them. Yeah, um, and Deathstrokes and Arrow. That's yep. going to be a real That's a problem. problem. That's a with problem. Titans. Um, and they could go with Geoforce if they don't mind having a character that just sucks. <laughs> they want, but they had Brian Markoff in Arrow. Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure. I'd have to go. Look. I mean, I drink a lot when I watch yeah, that did, show because I can't watch that show sober. Did I we mention my drinking hobby? <laughs> um. You, 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 and Cyborg is going to be in the movie. Cyborg's, yeah, he's in Batman versus Superman, so Cyborg's out. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how you make this without well, calling I mean, it Titans and putting in like 30% of them. 
<laughs> and well, then finding these other other folks. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Calling it Titans and not the new Teen Titans to tie it in any particular era, you can in theory use just about anybody. You can, but... I so, I mean, <laughs> Superboy would be a possibility, except for the problem of 11 seasons of Smallville that uh. half the TV audiences... We like to we like to write up until uh, Bo Duke quit as yeah. Jonathan Kent. Yeah. Yeah. Then it went off the rails <laughs> spectacularly. It's like the only superhero show up until now that I think I've said, "Yeah, we got to take that off the TV. I can't watch that fucking thing anymore." Um, and yeah, they'd have to ignore Man of Steel, where he was clearly never Superboy. Right. Um, so it couldn't be Clark Kent as Superboy. You could do Connor. Or you know you could you could call it Titans and then shoehorn in characters that were doing well from uh, Young Justice, I guess. But in that case, why call it Titans? <laughs> well, why not go with Young Justice? <laughs> they probably think Young Bus- Justice is a poison property. You know, even though that was an awesome cartoon, and I, I wish they hadn't canceled it. Yeah. But you know, it it didn't move too many toys, so that it, that's it, done. I would imagine they'll probably try to pull in what characters they can that are currently in the lineup. You, you go with your Beast Boy, and he was he was a, a an original one from uh, the Perez and um, Wolfman. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Days. Um, yeah, he's probably f- free and clear. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Um, probably can't do Kid Flash because nope. of the Flash show. Yep. In theory, you could do Impulse. But Bart Allen was used in Superboy or uh, Smallville, right? So that name is out. Uh, Ravager isn't Ravager. You can use Ravager, but you've already got Deathstroke in um, Arrow. So yeah, and, and didn't we meet Rose in Arrow? We may have. Okay, but so I mean, you could also go with Jericho, which is his son. If they put Jericho on this show, that friggin' white man froed pile of shit. <laughs> It will not be shown in this house. I hate Jericho. He's the most useless fucking emo twat who's ever. <laughs> Which ever. means he'll be the breakout he's fucking star. Got a chainmail vest <laughs> and just a mope under that fro. He's so bad that it took like three different creators to try to turn him into a badass. Like just before the the new fifty two. Fuck Jericho. <laughs> Better not be in this goddamn show. You heard it here first. He, he will be in it, and he will be the one that is the the emo breakout star. Yeah, they get some pile of shit from five seconds before bars, or find what? somebody from like an Abercrombie and Fitch ad. <laughs> one Direction piece of shit. Just just, just look pouty in into the into the camera. I know the fro wig is hot. You'll wear it and look at the goddamn camera. Emo. Think of think of how your hair mostly resembles Willie Ames and that's why you should be sad. <laughs> Jesus. Just sad. <laughs> just awful character. I hate him. I still that that's one of the few issues I I remember the issue it was in the Judas contract yep. where on side to side pages they debut Nightwing in his big disco collar suit. <laughs> and then Nightwing says And the boots. And, and, the boots. and the boots, and then Nightwing says, "But what is that uniform he's wearing? It's not a uniform. It's <laughs> horrible. <laughs> Just it's like they yanked him out of Studio Fifty Four and said, nope, not wuss enough. Let's.' But can he dance in it? It's got to have range of movement. Isn't he deaf? <laughs> you insensitive prick. <laughs> I can feel the vibration. Oh God." <laughs> 
Oh, now I just uh, <laughs> now I'm gonna have the Marky Mark song <laughs> stuck in my head for the rest of the show. Thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, th- I think the consensus is fuck Jericho. Don't put Jericho in the show. I think he was just mute. I don't think he was deaf. Oh, that's why he had like the emo face all the time. Just trying to like <laughs> you know not talk with words, just emote. <laughs> Ugh. Jericho is the worst. I don't want to see him <laughs> get anybody else. Uh, you know, Wendy and Marvin, <laughs> super friends. I don't care. Yeah, because when I think Titan, <laughs> I think <laughs> they, they were they were in it for a while before the new Fifty Two. The Wonder Twins. Yeah, Gleek. No, oh god. <laughs> I would rather have Jan and Zena than fucking Jericho. Jan and Zena. I'd rather have an Adel Fisher than and they're, Jericho. They're, they're pet monkey and. I think they should get people who look like a lot like Ross and Rachel from uh, not don't hire them because they're too old now, but like, they should do and get the monkey. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you're doing a callback that means nothing to an entire generation at this point. Go to your computers, children, and, and Google um, a 90s sitcom called Friends. Uh, <laughs> no, don't bother. And then, then go to YouTube and then just look for Ross and Rachel and the monkey. And there's your your Jan and your Zena. <laughs> no, yeah, all right, do Jericho, but do Matthew Perry. He does a show a year. He's due. <laughs> Matthew Perry as Jericho. He's Just, only good at the verbal quip. Make him a mute. Just <laughs> wear, wear this wig and emote. <laughs> That's right. He, <laughs> but you better give him a goddamn Liefeld costume because every pouch is going to be filled with Vicodin. <laughs> He'll be off the wagon so fucking fast. <laughs> God, he's eating again. <laughs> Put Jericho. Actually, this could be a hoot. <laughs> I think if they do it in the style of, of a parody that looks like Friends, and then they call it Titans. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'll punch dick for you. Please don't make me snarf into the computer. <laughs> yeah, how do you fit the word X-Hall into that theme song? Uh, you don't. Yeah. You don't. <laughs> we, we've gone off the rails here. The show will be canceled. Um, they could get Aqualad. <laughs> as well, long as we're on Suck Heroes. You could, but they had the cool Aqualad in, in Young Justice. So uh, the cooler version, the, the one that was really Black Mantis kid. That's true. <laughs> and, and and that could be okay. Uh, that could work. Yeah. Um, But even then, it didn't. Uh, didn't they get uh, what's his name who played Call Drogo? Isn't he going to be Aquaman and Jason Momoa? Yeah, he, he's going to be Aquaman in uh, Batman versus Superman. Yes. So, all right, that's that might be out. Blue Beetle. Except, weren't they trying to get a Blue Beetle solo show off the ground two or three years ago? There was a for some, sci-fi. Yeah, there was something floating around on the internet of like test footage of the transformation. Yeah, that was pretty cool, actually. That was, and I, I, I loved Keith Giffen and John Rogers. Blue Beetle. Yeah. Now, I even like the uh, the reboot version, even though it covered a lot of the same ground. Yeah. But uh, it still was pretty decent. So, yeah, I'd almost rather see a Blue Beetle solo show. But if they can't do it. Well, that being said, I suppose, you know, if they look hard enough into some of the properties that they haven't developed or and, and their ancillary characters. So maybe you get a Tracy, Tracy 13. Maybe, you know, you... Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, maybe you find somebody who is a budding lantern of some sort. And no, <laughs> no Clarion the Witch Boy. If I think Jericho is too fucking emo, we can't have Clarion. 
Oh God! I now I'm seeing like an all emo Titans cast, just just pouting man children. Oh, just <laughs> for God's sake, it's going to be a show probably geared toward. That's what Smallville was for the first five years. <laughs> of course, that's what it's going to be on TNT. Just just Nightwing on a rooftop with his disco collar, staring into the sunset, with some singer songwriter just warbling in the background. Oh, Not nearly enough taint kicking for a real superhero show. <laughs> Uh, we ruined Titans. That's it. The pitch yeah. is going away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If anybody at TNT's listening to us, we'll, we'll whip you up this Titan show. We'll do it for $85. <laughs> and all the Vicodin we can stuff into our live held pouches. Uh, I mean, the only other... Uh, the only other one they could do is Wonder Girl. Yeah. But we've established that no matter who you put on it, you Warner Brothers doesn't think they can get a Wonder Woman project off the ground. No, but they could I could see them shoehorning um Cassie Sandsmark into this. You know, it's like, all right, it's it's safe, it's an ensemble thing. We don't have to worry about the girl trying to carry the program and and she gets to be, you know, triangle bait for every couple of guys <laughs> yeah yeah I, I suppose they could probably get away with it that way and <laughs> just sort of ignore that there's never been <laughs> since 1979 a wonder woman show or yeah yeah well it's it's easy to do it actually with cassie because cassie um at least in in the iterations that are going now is um from aries and is not from um paradise island and <laughs> yeah and has a mom here in the real world and it's easy on the costume budget t-shirt yep. jeans done t-shirt jeans or you know tube top jeans depending on whose look you're going with this is basic cable <laughs> we could get side boob we could get side boob i don't want side boob i don't want Wonder side boob. Girl. she's supposed to be like 17 i don't want 17 year old side boob yeah that's <laughs> uh, that's not a thing that i want in my in my teen titans no. you hear me brett booth <laughs> Apparently not. Rockafort! This thing on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, all, all of these crossover characters are potentially going to be problems because a few years ago, oh, some God. somebody was supposed to do a, a show of the Graysons. Yeah. That was going to be Dick Grayson before he became Robin. And Christopher Nolan, if I remember right, got that scuttled because he didn't want anybody doing any Batman shit while yeah. he was doing his stuff. I bet they, I'm sorry, I just had this thought. I, I bet we see Bunker. I bet they go with the as many of the Lobdell characters as they can use now. And we see Raven, we see Beast Boy, we see Robin, we see Bunker, <laughs> we see Wonder Girl. Yeah, Bunker's okay. There's one other in there I kind of tuned out of. Uh, Solstice, the girl? Yeah, that's who I'm yeah. picking up. So yeah, I mean, they could certainly do those. Bunker certainly doesn't have anything attached anywhere else you know as a character um depending on how they do the rest of it you know <laughs> we're dealing with a member of the batman family if there's a lot of teen angst a character that is generally more upbeat could yeah. certainly be the chandler he, he is the anti-jericho <laughs> yeah so so i mean th that could work at this point they probably have the money to do that kind of green lantern-ish uh, special effect yeah so yeah that could work that's right he that's all he does is he's he's sort of like a, a low rent lantern isn't he yeah he, <laughs> he does bricks Brick. and he can make bricks into 
shapes. Yeah. Purple he, bricks. It's like if Green Lantern was mildly, uh, mildly retarded and only ever did Legos. <laughs> just shitting virtual purple bricks. Yeah, just <laughs> stacking them up. I made a brick. <laughs> Which doesn't accurately describe the character no. of Bunker at all, but no, as a power he's... set, that's probably pretty close. Yeah. He makes bricks. That's what he does. Yep. They could be a bunker. I <laughs> <laughs> made a wall. The good guys are on this side and Darth Vader's on the other. It's a wall. Imagine a line. Settle down. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, that could potentially be coming up. And it's weird because that comes, that announcement came one week after Greg Berlanti, yep. who is producing Arrow and The Flash, announced that he's working on it's not anywhere near anybody having a deal or a pilot or anything if i understand it right he's working on a supergirl show yes so supergirl will not be in the titans apparently nope <laughs> so i don't know but between all the shows we got the ones that are definitely coming up the ones that might be coming up and two marvel movies and one or two dc movies every year starting next year I mean, are we staring down the barrel of people getting sick of this? Probably. I mean, <laughs> I don't think I will. There are going to be individual shows among these that I don't Some like. Of, uh, we're going to face sooner than later. One of these shows is going to tank, and that will probably fuck it up for the rest of them. Or for some of the rest of them. Very potentially. Um, at this point, there are enough numbers. This is going to be a weird year in that before this year it was just basically arrow yeah and before that it was just smallville um well not arrow and uh, marvel's agents of shield but even yeah. that was not setting the world on fire until captain america 2 came out and right they tied it heavily into that and then it's really you know it'll be a crapshoot to see if it continues its momentum into the fall because i i've enjoyed it right along but yeah it didn't really do anything numbers wise until it's had the tie-ins from the movie yeah i mean i, I watched it and liked it um I didn't get to really like it until, like a lot of people, after Captain America. Yeah. It, it was the freak of the week. Yep. And it, it took far too long for, it, it, just tell me what the fuck Tahiti is. Yep, yeah. it's a magical place. We know they did something terrible to him there. Can we please get that out of the way? Sky's father, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm glad. Uh, I'm hoping it's the Mandarin. Yeah, it's a. <laughs> what was the name of the guy who turned traitor? I, I can never remember his name because. Uh, well, Trebuchet. Trebuchet calls him, calls him Abercrombie, Abercrombie and Fitch, <laughs> which is a better name than whatever his real name is. Uh, it's, it's not Sims. No. Uh, Tunt. Taint. <laughs> Agent Taint. <laughs> traitor Division. <laughs> Agent Taint. Write that down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that'll get us kicked off iTunes. Yeah, all right, maybe not. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's all right. It's a, we watch every single one of those episodes, and some of these characters I just can't remember the names. That's yeah, not if, a if good sign. Yeah, if somebody's name slides off your brain, now, now, to be fair, we drink. This is true. <laughs> There's certainly. I, I don't think we've made any bones about it. I don't think anybody will ever meet us in person and go, "Jesus, I smelled alcohol on them." I had no idea. You might be sober. No, you lied to me. Yeah. <laughs> No, we we basically scream it from the rooftops. It yeah, is, Ward, it, Agent Ward, Agent Ward. Okay, so 
But yeah, I mean, it, it took until yeah we saw John Garrett and you know it it got past Captain America too for that to really hook me in and yeah. But I mean, yeah, in the next few weeks we got Flash and Gotham. Now we've seen uh, the pilots for the Flash and yep. Constantine. Yes, Constantine we will get, but that was not a good pilot. No, no, it was not. So it could turn it around. They've clearly already started making cha- <coughs> excuse me changes. And also, having seen that pilot, um, and having read, not that we've gotten to, we're going to talk about comic books later. We one of the books that we got that we aren't necessarily going to talk about um, is they're getting all the futures and number one individual character issues this week. Yep. One of uh, one of which was Constantine, and in it. Featured prominently um, Dr. Fate's helmet, <laughs> yeah. which shows up in the Constantine pilot. And again, I just get cynical. I'm like, ugh, is this organic or did somebody on editorial say, get that in there? It's going to be important and we need to like make that more prominent. <laughs> well, to be fair, considering the other book we're going to talk about this week is Death of Wolverine 2, let's assume editorial these days. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I just I, I think this is part of the problem I'm having to a certain degree i as a fan i'm happy to see the proliferation of the properties into popular media and i will watch them but now they just are so intrinsically linked between the books and and the other media storylines that i just every time i see one thing show up in the other it feels calculated and it sort of pulls me out of the book yeah but you know what Marvel has been doing that a lot more than DC really ever has. Now, if that happened in this week's Constantine because of the show, that shows more foresight than almost anything else DC has ever done when they've got something <laughs> in the popular media. Yeah, it's let's like Didio wasn't involved with it at all. Yeah, well, <laughs> let, let's just talk about this show that's coming out featuring Nightwing, <laughs> who is now not a going concern in the DC universe. Yeah, you make you make a good point. You know, when uh, Batman Begins uh, or The Dark Knight, I forget which one, came out, uh, Bruce Wayne was dead from Final Crisis. Yeah, DC constantly stomps on their dick when it comes to, we've got something that could really bring somebody into a comic book store and you just can't get anything with that guy in it. Yeah, which makes me wonder if they really are going to go forward with Dick Grayson's Robin if they if that Titans thing happens. On the one hand, I could see, I could see them doing it. On the other hand, Tim Drake is now the Robin that most of the kids think of. So, what you think it'll be? Tim Drake as Nightwing? I think it's more likely going to be Tim Drake. It's possible, and it's certainly safer from a TV standpoint to use the Nightwing character to keep it as ancillary to Batman as you can. Yeah. Um, because otherwise it's, you know, Robin or Red Robin. Right. Which points directly back to Batman. Yeah. On the other, well. So, I mean, I guess that's possible. Um, I pulled up the, one of the news stories on it, and uh, at least in the original, uh, story from Variety, which I guess broke the news. Yep. Um, they're, they're name checking Dick Grayson. Well, then it, it very may, very likely may be, and that probably means that this this Grayson um, solo book is probably going to be a short-lived concern, and they will find a way to bring him back to the fold before this show drops. 
if it actually makes it to the air. Well, it's possible, but you know, consider the source. A- any magazine that uses the word boffo without a sense of irony, take whatever they say with a grain of salt. Were they trying to be ironic because it was a comic book story? Boffo, you know, like the, the you would picture. And variety is like... always known for using boffo. The word really? boffo was not in that particular story. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh, all right. I don't know. When I start firing references that go over your head, <laughs> I've probably lost everybody. It's all right. I, I, I wouldn't use the word "bafo" in a sentence, but then again, I look. Let's I'm just, not that sort of. Let's person. just assume I effectively shit on variety and move on. Okay. That's all we have to do. Right now, they'll <laughs> never interview us. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because I've been going to the door with a shotgun to keep all the press away from us. Us and our Bafo show. The <laughs> press, the neighbor kids. Either way, I'm going to the door with a shotgun. If I mention this, I probably should bring that I to... think that you should maintain plausible deniability. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I look back to the 90s, where when, the early 90s, when the first Batman movie hit and hit big. Yes. And there were suddenly, it seemed like, it seemed like a golden age for comics fans then, because a million properties got mentioned, and some came out and some didn't, but a lot of shit hit, bang, 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 and all just went down with all hands, and then yeah. that was the end of it for a lot of years. I mean, we had, the, right after Batman, uh, they announced the uh, 1990 Captain America yeah. that wound up going straight to video. Uh, they did the Phantom, that sucked. <laughs> they did the Shadow, and th- that's that got its moments, good. but yeah, that, that went away. Uh, we had the Flash on TV that didn't do anything. Uh, Dark Man. Yeah, I mean, it's well, Dark Man. Actually, I think we, that was the same year. Does I it, think that was eighty nine. What's that? I said, does that predate Batman? Or? <laughs> if it post dates it, it I, I want to say it came out in August eighty nine. Yeah, because yeah, it came out just before I went to college, and that was the same year. Okay, and I saw. I'm pretty sure I saw Batman in like July or something. So yeah, that <clears throat> that opened in June. Yeah, so. But yeah, I mean, all this stuff came out. Um, yeah, the the Punisher with Dolph Lundgren that went straight to Ugh. video. So, just because all this is coming out doesn't mean a lot of it's going to hit. From the other standpoint, it's possible DC's really painting themselves into a corner here. And and here's why I say that because Marvel has spent years building up their Marvel Studios franchise and tying things together. Yeah, and doing it. Slowly and carefully, the whole time bemoaning that they don't have Spider-Man, they don't have X-Men, they don't have Fantastic Four, and they don't have any of the characters that are attached to those. Right. DC, with their announcement of Superman versus Batman, going into Justice League, and their two movies a year after that, they've made it really pretty clear they want a piece of that money. They want to do something similar, but at the same time, they've got TV shows. At this point, if all of them come to fruition, they got two on the CW... They got one on NBC, they got one on TNT, and this other one that's going to land somewhere. And one on Fox. Which one's Fox? Oh, wait, no, I'm wrong. Where's Gotham going? Oh, Gotham's Fox, yeah, so I forgot about that. Um, Where these characters are going to have faces attached to them, all their ancillary characters. All these are are still, as far as I know, going to be owned by WB, so they can pick and choose yeah. and say, well, this character from here, we want it for the movies. But you're going to have people who have that character in mind in a particular context where it doesn't necessarily 
make sense to pull them in. Right. And if these are all being produced independently, you've got characters going off and doing stuff, and, and you're trying to still build a continuity like Marvel has in the movies. Yeah, whereas really all you're doing is, is making your product diffuse. Yeah, and making it more confusing to people. Yeah. So, I mean... Maybe the Dio is behind all this. <laughs> the Dio makes questionable choices. <laughs> I, I like Dan Dio. He's at least fun at conventions. Yes. He, he makes odd choices, but... Yes. But <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it would seem... Yeah, you're taking Robin out of play, Green Arrow's out of play, Constantine's out of play, potentially Dr. Fate. And still, though, there's the, the possibility of a Justice League dark movie somewhere down the line that Constantine has been confirmed as being a part of, although not necessarily that actor. Yeah. But maybe. Constantine but <laughs> and Dr. Fate. Yep. Uh, and if Zatanna ever shows up, she's supposed to be a part of it. Yep. And, yeah, if as cool, while I didn't like the pilot, as cool as the idea of a weekly Constantine show is, if that fucks up a Guillermo del Toro Justice League dark movie. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> you thought I was pissed about just the idea of Jericho. <laughs> I'll be up here shit-faced and fetal. It's <laughs> not a thing anybody wants to contemplate. Uh, spend the whole podcast shouting down Jericho. <laughs> I hate that character. He's a, George Perez is a great artist. That's a worst character design. Just purple and gold and mopey face. And <laughs> Would he just have an extra fine Sharpie? He's like, I gotta run the ink out on these. I got 30 of these. Let's <laughs> throw them up. I'll just draw a bunch of loops on his face. Jericho is the worst. Do a Jericho TV show. <laughs> At least that's one I can, with good conscience, just give three thumbs down on the TiVo right out of the gates. <laughs> yeah, and the other problem is, what if one of these things tanks? You know, the yeah. Flash looks good. I've heard rumors are going to use Flash in Batman versus Superman, but if Flash tanks, have you poisoned that character? Possibly, yeah. <laughs> Very possible. I mean, I mean, think about when when Heroes was on the air. The first season was really, really strong. Yeah. And then they had the writers' strike, and second season never really recovered from the writers' strike. Yep. And that poisoned the character so that by the time the third season limped into view, there was nothing anybody could do. Yeah. And and that was something that had such potential. Yeah. But once the characters are fucked up, you're done. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere out there, Peter Petrelli's Irish girlfriend is just lost in time and space. <laughs> Maybe she'll meet Donovan Flint, the Irish drunken space pirate. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we'll get a Star Hunters TV show. Oh, God. Give me a Star Hunters TV show. No. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> Can Jericho be in it? No. <laughs> my inner five-year-old trumps my inner 12-year-old. <laughs> and they both hate Jericho. <laughs> the five-year-old never saw Jericho. He doesn't give a shit. But, yeah, I mean, you could really... You, know, you could really poison these characters. I mean, Birds of Prey, we like Birds of Prey, but that ended the idea of a Batman TV show for 10 years. Yeah, actually, it did. Um, and it, it took it took an enormous amount of rehab um, to get Harley Quinn back to the point where she was viable. <laughs> yeah, something you could use on TV, definitely. Yeah. Now, and the, the, the books are full of shows 
based on comic books that have tanked. True. You know, the Crow, Stairway to Heaven. Ugh. You know, that dude plays the chairman on Iron Chef America now. <laughs> you know, Mutant X. Oh, God. You know, that was in the dark days of the late 90s where you couldn't, you know, you wanted a superhero on TV, you stayed up late on Sci-Fi Channel to watch for Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. with David Hasselhoff. Wasn't Mutant X on Fox? I, I think it was syndicated. I think I maybe watched it once and said, I, I don't give a shit. I'll, it was not good. You know, I, I was in my late 20s at that point. I could drive to the comic store. <laughs> I didn't need free superhero shit off the TV. You, human Target. Yeah. That's just in the last couple of years, and that didn't do anything. And that should have, if anything, could have broken through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's built in for a case of the week. and Yeah. Yeah, just didn't fly. So the, none of these things are sure things by any stretch of the imagination. No, and even the properties that get optioned to be movies that you know should have been better than they were, should have gone on to do more. The Losers. <laughs> oh my god i will bemoan the fact that that movie tanked yeah we've said it before on the show that's that's our unsung hero we watch that at least once a year yep and marvel at how good it is and how badly it just did at the box office yeah just just go out and 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 type into your your browser you know chris evans don't stop believing and then just watch that scene oh it's glorious <laughs> That's a great movie. Yeah. And yeah, it did nothing. We're the only ones. Yep. <laughs> so, I don't know. This, There's no denying it's a golden age to be a comic geek. But there's so much potential here right now for everything to go completely sideways because Hollywood right now is so eager to develop so many of these properties Something has to give, and quality control, such as it is, is probably going to be the first thing that goes. Well, yeah, and and the problem is, I think a lot of them feel like it's bulletproof right now. Yeah, you know, they came out with a dark Man of Steel movie that a lot of people don't like, and as a first part of a Superman epic, I will defend. I think I liked it better than most people, and we've talked about that before. But and they got away with it. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy is the biggest gamble that anybody could make. There's not a single character anybody in the world has ever heard of. There is zero crossover with any of the other movies that we've done down to the planet. You only see Earth for about five minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that paid off. Now that paid off because James Gunn put together a fun script and knows how to direct a fun fucking action flick. Yeah. You know, we knew that from Slither. <laughs> but that doesn't mean everything in the world is going to pay off. And all of this is, and we haven't even mentioned Daredevil and all the shows that are coming out on, on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. So there are going to be superheroes on your tube almost whether you want them or not. It's just pouring out of your ass. Yeah. Tube, which whatever. <laughs> which is, on one hand, great. If you told me when I was 12 years old, you know, and by then... You know, the the other golden age of superheroes on TV was the late 70s. That's true. With Wonder Woman, and that only lasted three seasons. Mm -hmm. Incredible Hulk, which lasted five. And it had some uh, movies. Yeah. And Spider-Man, which lasted 13 episodes. Yep. And, uh, oh, and Thor showed up in one of the Hulk movies. And Daredevil. And Daredevil, yeah. Rex somebody was Daredevil. It was an all-black suit. <laughs> I think I, did. I was in high school when that came out. I stayed home on a Friday night to watch that movie. Wow. I've never felt so horrible about myself. 
I'm like, Jesus, I'm 14, 15. I, uh, if I go out, I'm not going to get laid, but at least I feel like I'm trying. And instead, I'm. At least you didn't skip prom for it or something. I wish I'd skip prom for it. <laughs> I'd rather watch the Jericho show than have gone to any of the proms that I went to. Wow. Proms are death. <laughs> Kids, if you're listening, skip your prom. <laughs> I will buy you beer. Just go out in the woods and drink. Um, Come up with some disclaimers. <laughs> I'm taking a sip of beer. I shouldn't have said that, but. The, the views held by Rob are, uh, fuck it. Kids, you don't know where we are. We don't know where you are. Stay in school. Yes. Don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> if you have to drink, don't drive. <laughs> If you have to watch Daredevil on the Hulk or the Jericho show, uh, all right, make whatever choice you have to. <laughs> You're smart kids. You have internets. You know the consequences <laughs> of your actions. Oh, this is going sideways. We're canceled. Yeah, yeah, yeah we are. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's this is a golden age. And I, I think right now we're really in a rush period where if a few of these things go wrong it's it's over yeah not for marvel because see marvel's doing the smart thing although an an agent carter show i didn't care much about the character in the first captain america you know the one or two short films eh, enjoyable yeah but the thing is it's it's one or two television properties they've got the movies well mapped out yeah regardless of of how anybody feels about which characters are are going to be breaking into the cinema on whatever time frame. If the TV shows go away, it doesn't impact the movies. Whereas since DC and Warner Brothers are doing it ass backwards. <laughs> you... Well, and that's that's the other thing. I don't think any of these shows are meant to tie into the movies. Which is Probably why I not. The, which is why I brought up the potential confusion With before. Flash. You know, yeah. if I'm watching... Deathstroke on Arrow, and then see him in a different context on Titans, because if they're all WB-produced properties, they can do that. Yep. And then I see him in Justice League in a completely different way. Unless they're going to make the commitment and somehow rig everybody's contracts so that they can cross over and be in multiple programs, like Munch or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I just pictured Jericho as the munch of comic books. He shows up in everything. Oh, God. Just moping and <laughs> flipping his fingers in sign language and <laughs> taking over people's bodies to make them mope. Now I'm moping. Jericho. Are you Jericho? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just bring sadness wherever <laughs> I go. But, um, and, and it's also tricky because... For good or ill, Marvel is training people since really they're here first. The movies tie together and the TV show ties to the movie. Right. So if you've trained people, this is how comic properties go. And we've got wildly divergent shows with different characters. Well, they're also not going to spread the properties over multiple channels for the most part the way that Warner Brothers is because they've got ABC. Yeah. And Disney owns all of that. So, you know, if they have ones that are more family-friendly, maybe they show up on a Disney channel or an ABC family channel. Yeah, they've got TV distribution locked in. Yeah. But otherwise, it's going gonna, gonna to be on the main ABC channel. So I that's where I, I gather whatever contracts are being worked out for these other properties. They're structured differently so that 
Warner Brothers isn't going to run into the same issues that have hamstrung Marvel on X-Men and Fantastic Four and Spider-Man, but <laughs> yeah, still. <laughs> yeah, it's spreading it all over the place. <laughs> Since they are so clearly trying to make their movies in the Marvel Studios model where everything ties together, to then have TV be basically a wild west of you know who's got the man's check you yeah. get titans and <laughs> if you're good we'll throw in the outsiders for free cuz we don't think we can sell those <laughs> you, know, you can have the the green team no don't hang up <laughs> yeah that, who wants doom patrol <laughs> jeff johns he's trying like hell <laughs> so yeah it's it definitely is an awesome year to be a comics fan if more of these are good than not. And there just could be some real unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. Unforeseen consequences as to how these things all, you know, get dealt out like, you know, cards at a poker table if they then try to consolidate it all in the movies. Right. And that, but that's also where you continue to get a sense that even with the movies, they don't necessarily have a plan beyond we know that we want to get to a Justice League movie, and we will do that by any means necessary. Yeah. It's, that's all it feels like. Yeah. It's, uh, well, we put a Wayne Enterprises satellite in Man yeah, of Steel. Yeah. Isn't that good enough? There was a LexCorp bus or some goddamn thing. <laughs> oh, um, random and not particularly related, but it just um, was a thing I saw on Twitter today. Somebody was talking about an interview with the Russo brothers who directed uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah. In terms of possible Easter eggs, uh, in the interview, the the directors alluded that the person driving the Penske truck that um, crashes into Sitwell so that Fury can escape, yeah, might have been the Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So those of you that have the the Blu-ray, go out and um, and and stutter frame it. See if you can see Frank in there. Uh, they didn't what? call him out by name. They just said it was a, a character who had a particular agenda and skill set, and wow. that it was the same driver in both of the scenes. It was the same Penske truck, same driver, um, in both scenes. We'll have to freeze frame it to see if it's Thomas Jane, because based on the fan film he did a couple of years ago, I think he'd come <laughs> back to do the... And he was good in that first Punisher movie. Yeah. It was not a good movie. No, but it, it, if you were a fan, I think, of the Ennis run, there was enough of it. <laughs> That's one thing nobody brings up. I wonder if Marvel has the rights to Punisher. I don't know who did Punisher and Punisher War Journal. They weren't Marvel Studios movies. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know if they have the rights to it. I don't know. Um, and I don't know if they've got... Uh, they must have. I'm guessing the rights on Painkiller Jane have reverted back. They were on Sci-Fi for a while. Um, well, no, that's uh, creator-owned by Jimmy Palmiotti, is and a uh, uh, movie's being made of that. Okay. See, I thought that that was tied into Punisher somewhere, and I forget why. I thought There's that. a crossover that okay. I will get to as I keep going through these long. <laughs> that's boxes, why I but thought. Yeah, of that. In like okay. 2000 or 2001, there was a, a crossover one-shot. Okay. Yeah, Never they, mind. They certainly fit together well. <laughs> Yes, they do. But but yeah, no, that's that's Jimmy Palmiotti's baby. And yeah, there's a whole different movie yep. coming out, or at least being produced. And I will see it. Yeah, because that's been a fun book since it's come back. Yes. So, all right, speaking of which, you want to talk about a couple comics? Let's talk about a couple comics. That's not one we're going to talk about. <laughs> no. But, uh, which one do you want to do first? 
Oh, we've been talking about DC properties. Why don't we start with Batman Future's End? Okay. So, yeah, this is the... Uh, uh, all this month, uh, every September, DC does something... Stunt. Tricky. Yeah, some publicity stunt. When, <laughs> hey, it's fine, you know. But, uh, yeah, this year it's one-shots uh, related to Future's End, which uh, supposedly shows if all the events of Future's End go sideways, this is where all the DC heroes will be five years from now. Yep. Um, and this is Batman's. This one's written by Ray Fox. Uh, story is also by Scott Snyder. Yep. Um, but Ray Fox has been writing Constantine, and Constantine, I think, has been pretty decent. Yeah. It's, you know, it's... It's it gotten better. It ain't Hellblazer. It can't be Hellblazer. No. It's main DC universe, but uh, I think he's been doing not bad with it. Yeah. Uh, that, that being said, the Future's End one today for Constantine was as close to that character in tone from Hellblazer as we've seen in some time. Well, I mean, he flat out used the "I'm a nasty piece of work." Ask anybody. Yeah. I mean, that didn't you know, hurt. But... You, you pull from the classics, you, you get a little <laughs> classic on you. <laughs> oh no, I got classic on me. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not mopey emo. <laughs> so, yeah, this shows if everything goes wrong in Future's End, where Batman will be in five years, and where he will be is broken. Literally. Yeah. Quite literally. (laughs) With a shattered back that requires a robotic brace. He is constantly near death. He's being held together by nanorobots. Nanomesh, whatever that is. And (laughs) requires the constant use of stimulants. So perhaps he is a Hollywood producer. (laughs) Perhaps. Is Batman Brett Ratner? (laughs) His pouches are all full of Vicodin. (laughs) Pouch full of Vicodin. Yeah, so he's... Undertaking one last mission, he's uh, going to break into LexCorp to steal something called the Niles Calder formula. Speaking of Doom Patrol, yes, it's some biochemical compound that does something, and breaking into LexCorp is uh, never an easy proposition. No, no, but if anybody's going to do it, it's the Batman. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, heavy spoilers from here on out for both this and uh, Death of Wolverine, which yep. we'll talk about in a minute, but... First of all, there was some interesting stuff in this. It wasn't, I I don't think it was a particularly really good book. There was some some stuff that was interesting. Yeah, some interesting ideas. Yeah, all right, so let's go with this. First of all, a book about an older, broken Batman getting suited up in some kind of bio-armor and going against big odds is not unbroken ground. We saw it in Dark Knight Returns. Uh, there was an older Batman in one of Grant Morrison's JLA books, DC Universe Online, that's who the Batman is, and Justice Gods Among Us. We've seen this over and over and over Well, and again. also, most importantly, I think for younger um, fans, they've seen this as this is how Batman Beyond kicks off. Yes. And Terry McGinnis, Batman Beyond, is a giant part of Future's End. So this is a, a big gamble, <laughs> and it feels <Yeah>. purposeful. <laughs> it, it does up until the ending. Um, well, I just want to go straight to the ending. There's other stuff I want to talk well, about in the book. No, let's we'll get to the ending because as I as I saw it, the ending is troubling, but it doesn't necessarily preclude. Uh, the continued existence of Terry McGinnis. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. Yes. Um, secondly, 
if this is truly Batman's final battle, yes, um, fighting an automated security system is not the most exciting thing that I can think of to see Batman to, potentially go out. To be fair, it was an automatic automated security system, and then Bizarro. Yes. <laughs> And then Bizarro and various Bizarro clones, yes. which would have been more interesting, except that was about a page and a half, and then another automated security system took over and wiped out the whole building. Right. So, Batman versus Bizarro, we didn't really get it. Yeah. I mean, this this could have been, you know, Batman versus Windows 9. It could have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Potentially. So, um... So, yeah, all right. So, overall, it's, overall, it's something we've seen before as a fight, Batman versus a few robots, not the most exciting. No, although in my mind, I'm like, all right, so we've got Bruce Wayne breaking into LexCorp. So, in my mind now, the possibilities for corp- corporate espionage well, from Wayne Tech. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, <laughs> I suppose Lex could have air-gapped computers that can't be accessed via the internet, but this would seem like a much simpler hacker job or yeah, yeah Bruce just pays a dude to go in and so just slide the formula onto a thumb drive. And, yeah. Uh, there are probably easier ways to do it, but yeah, what, know, what, what, yeah. if the idea of Batman fighting an automated security system was not the most exciting, Batman hiring a 17-year-old to get a job as a janitor far worse yeah i i don't under you have the bat computer (laughs) the bat computer can't somehow trace into (laughs) well the concept of an air gap computer is one that has never been attached to the internet has no wi-fi you know everything has to be sneaker netted which real security if you've got something that you really need to be secure and you have money and staff to be able to support it that's what you do and so in that case you have to send somebody in yes so it I'm willing to take on faith that Lex is smart enough to air gap his machines. <laughs> I mean, why he's not smart enough to keep these machines in rooms that are just flooded with pure nitrogen atmosphere or just in tanks of fluorinert, <laughs> which is a very expensive liquid that is non-conductive that's used for cooling hardcore servers, and it's liquid. You can't breathe it. I, I know too much about this you shit. Do. You do. You're frightening me terribly. That's all right. I'm going to come home and find one of the rooms full of this, was it fluorocort? Fluorinert. Fluorinert. It'll keep the cat out of here so I can get some work done. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I'm willing to take on faith that there were reasons why he had to break in. Yes. So, but, all right, so, and then we get to the ending, which... Like you said, I was willing to accept as, yep, this is the origin of Terry McGinnis. Except he flat out says that this... Again, spoilers, if you don't have the book, you're not intending to read it. The the Calder formula was for cloning. Yes. The the reason he fought Bizarro was because he was... Luther was cloning Superman again. Again. And Bruce wants to clone himself, so there will always be a Batman. Yes. Which is Terry McGinnis' origin in the uh Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond realistically Justice League Unlimited, but that whole universe of Bruce Tim yeah. animation. Uh, but you know, they were using and again this gets back into if you can call it a classic at this point because Batman Beyond is a relatively new character. Um 
compared to <laughs> other yeah. other DC characters. Yeah, but they made a point of there there will always there there needs to always be a Batman. Um, you know, that that's very specific language to Batman Beyond. Yes. So, you know, by using that language you you can't deny what you're what you're pointing at or winking at or hinting at or whatever. Yes. <laughs> However, like I said, he flat out says I am uploading my memories until the day the bat came into the study. So he's not just making a clone, he's trying at least to make himself. Right. Well, and th- so that for me is I was a little disturbed but on the other hand, we don't know how that's going to play out because obviously the cloning for Lex wasn't going so well because it wasn't a perfect clone of Superman. It was fucking bizarro. Yeah. So, so. you're going to end up with like derpy Bruce or something. Yeah. And Niles Calder is well known and has <laughs> been well known in the latest couple issues of Justice League as a mad scientist. Yeah. If Niles Calder hands you something and says, hey, drink this. Don't drink it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bruce would frankly be better served to create the clone, keep it brain dead, and harvest its stem cells to fix whatever the fuck is wrong with him. Yeah, or <laughs> or take Calder's other technology and yank his brain out of his shattered body and stick it into a robot like Robot Man. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's a, a wide variety of things that could be done. So, I guess. But yeah, we we but we can't really judge the book on what they didn't do i mean obviously we can we've come up with a whole bunch of different things but we i think we i think we're still better served to hold off complete judgment until we see how it plays out well that's the thing it's not going to play out these are imaginary stories all this month that's true so so all it does is serve to get people like us fired up no it's wrong and here's why yeah (laughs) and, and i'm willing to take okay this is the first attempt and maybe he refines it and comes to the point where all I can do is clone my body and try to, you know, use Amanda Waller to recreate the circumstances. Yeah. In order to turn him into Batman. Find a way to to override my DNA onto somebody else's sperm and then get somebody killed. Yes. (laughs) So, which would fit back to the origin. I'm willing to accept that maybe it goes down that road, but it just seemed like a fine line in the sand of, nope, I'm making a new me. (laughs) And then I can go out and Fuck whores and get drunk. Sure. I hear good things about cocaine and I have money. <laughs> Maybe he's already found it. The stimulants he keeps talking about. We know. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it. the circumstances around the story were pretty well trod. You know, the, the art was a little hard to follow. The, I, I had real problems with this art. This was drawn by somebody named... ACO, A-C-O is the okay. only name he goes under. Um, style-wise, I was okay with it. He was yes. fine-line, European-style, sort yep. of a you know, metal herlant kind of thing. Um, and I'm okay with that as a look for Batman, but the the visual storytelling was a fucking mess. A lot of it was muddy. Like, I couldn't tell what was going on. There were like, these long strip panels, and I, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, and really busy. Yeah. They were busy when they didn't need to be, and when they when they needed clarity, there was no background, so things just looked static. Um, here's one of the things that got me. At the end of the Bizarro attack, Luther's automated systems you know, call for liquid helium to be pumped out, and Batman tells his suit, Cocoon. 
And then from there until the rest of the battle, I couldn't find Batman to yeah. save my fucking soul. I don't know what happened to him. If it was a Where's Waldo book, I would have lost. Yeah. I, just... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what happened. He yeah. got away. Somehow. Somehow. Um, and, and somehow got all the way back into the Batcave. Like, Alfred was trying to get a hold of him. Yeah, because all his vital signs were death. Yeah. But I'm willing to accept some time passed in between the cocoon and the explosion and Alfred trying desperately to, to get him. I, I'll accept that. But having no idea what happened beyond saying cocooned, it's, it, it doesn't tell me anything. Then there were some busy explosions and, okay, yeah. some stuff happened. There was another panel that didn't have a background. It was just lines that showed Batman staring at a piece of machinery that for all intents and purposes looked like it was just sitting there. Yeah. And then it wasn't until the next panel I realized, oh, this thing has been flung at him. There was no sense of motion in the panel at all. Um, Once the Bizarro fight started, I had no idea what was going on. It was so busy and there were robots and bizarros and debris and shots being fired. Um, Except in one panel, I swear to God, I thought I saw Bizarro puking. Yeah, that was, it was weird. <laughs> so either he's got a new Kryptonian power that I am not familiar with. <laughs> power hurl. Or he has gotten into my whistle pig whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so it just, yeah, I mean, style-wise it was fine, but it was not impossible to follow, but it was harder than it needed to be to follow. Yeah. And it, it just... It detracted from what was already a somewhat problematic story. Yeah. So, you know, these... These one shots, uh, some have been better than others. You know, some show cataclysmic ends to heroes, and you know this one just sort of eh. left me wondering if if we ever get a Terry McGinnis or if he's just beginning to create a body farm. <laughs> well, yeah, and if he doesn't create a Terry McGinnis, does that mean in the actual future's end title we see him to start to fade out? Does he go back and fuck his mom? <laughs> In the back of a 57 Chevy? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Terry McGinnis beats on Biff? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just... Yeah, this one was muddy. It was not... It, it was not a great issue. No. Um. So, yes. Do we talk about one that was at least somewhat better? Sure. Although it, it, it had its problems. Also had its so problems, yes. We, we talked last week about Death of Wolverine 1. This is yet another Marvel event. Uh, another big two event where it's bam, bam, hit him a couple weeks in a row. All right, let's probably take a break. Um, <laughs> but uh, Death of Wolverine 2, uh, as with the first one, written by Charles Sewell, uh, art by Steve McNiven. Uh, after the events of last week's episode, uh, where Wolverine was attacked by Nuke and found out Viper was behind the contract. And then decides he's off to Madripoor. Yep, he's uh, off to Madripoor, Madripoor to face down Viper. Uh Winds up battling Sabretooth a lot earlier than I thought he was going to. Yeah. I'd, and that, I'd have bet real goddamn money that we wouldn't see that until the fourth issue. But Well, and also, can I just say how disappointing that whole sequence was? Um, Yeah, it it, it required a, a deus ex to get him out of it. Yeah, and, and also, you know, these these are supposed to be the mortal enemies. <laughs> like, that, that should have been, like, the end battle. <laughs> you would think... Uh, it, it's not ruled out that it still won't be. Right. Because Sabretooth got away. Yeah, and, and it was, it was Sabretooth not at his best because he's, he's shackled and kept as a, a pet, as it were, by Viper. He's under the influence of, of her poison, so he's not 100%. So, and, you know, 
Wolverine's not at a hundred percent, obviously. So it was just sadness battle for for the brief time that it was happening. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, just a few punches are thrown, and then Lady Deathstroke comes in, and and a weird random um, like daydream, like for like that they're just about ready to fight. Then there's like a page, like two pages where. They're in costume because apparently Wolverine, and it has to be explained, is having a daydream. Like that's where like the back matter was useful because it explained in the script what was happening there. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I I kind of like that. Yes, it was a big double age double uh, double page spread, uh, almost not watercolored, but much softer looking. Yeah, you know, showing various epic battles in costume between these two. And what I liked about it was that slows the pace down and shows the enmity and the how evenly they're matched. Turn the page, first panel. <laughs> <laughs> Sabretooth rips his fucking eye out. Yeah. I, 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 it, just it, for me, though, like going to that page, I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like, why is he in costume? Where'd that come from? Like, <laughs> Yeah, there were enough visual cues there that I got what was going on. And yeah, the juxtaposition of... Yes, the years of these epic battles, and then it's half over before it starts with yeah. the first shot on Wolverine. I, I liked that. But, you know, again, it does seem to come from nowhere. If if Clearly the visual cues were not so obvious that it was, hey, here's exactly what's going on. I, I picked up that yeah, just based on the differences that, okay, this is somebody's imagination. I don't know whose, yeah. but, so, but that I kind of liked. Um, I, I, what I did like was, um, the opening scene that gets him in front of Viper where he's dealing with her underling and has one of Tony Stark's Iron Man heads. <laughs> yeah. It was a nice sort of almost callback to when he was patched in the early days of his first book where he would go undercover and do these things. And, yeah. You know, unlike those early issues, he did more than just stick on an eye patch, although he needs one now. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, sort of playing the role of a smuggler or fast and loose douchebag. Yeah. I mean, clearly he's an ugly enough character with and the I, things he's done. And I liked also just the, you know, the, the, they try on the, the helmet just to show that it works. And they were talking about how Mystique is the major player in... Uh, Madripoor now and he could just as easily be going to her and she's she's there in disguise because she's shape-shifted yeah. so she, she probably knows exactly what's going on <laughs> yeah well that's that's one of the things that occurred to me as, as sort of a greatest hit slash you know the, the American recordings of Johnny Cash and everybody come in to do their last duet yeah you know we are seeing the biggest characters I mean yeah. Lady Deathstroke Deathstroke Death Strike. Strike. Would it <laughs> kill Marvel to name her something different than Death Stroke? For Christ's sake. The number of times I've fucked that name up. Yeah. Lady kills in boobs. <laughs> Anything, for Christ's sake. Eh. Lady. We'll go with Lady Death Strike, but uh, seeing Lady Death Strike. Uh, Obviously, Viper, Sabretooth, Kitty Pride. Now that was uh, that, that was the nice reveal at the end. I wasn't expecting to see Kitty, um, and that was a, a neat reveal. Yeah. Well, the uh, uh, I'm just going through my notes because I'm I've never read all of Wolverine versus Kitty Pride, so I had to look up the name. But the the dude who supposedly ordered the hit through Viper, um, 
Caro or something. Yeah. Oh God, I wrote it down. I, Lord Ogan. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. He was supposedly the bad guy in Wolverine and Kitty Pride miniseries back in the eighties. Okay. Um. And brainwashed Kitty into being an assassin. So to call that name and then have Kitty come in made a lot of sense. Yeah. And for longtime Wolverine fans, like I said, I'm sure that's a nice moment. I have the first issue of that miniseries somewhere in the long boxes, and I I didn't reread that one as I was going through the catalog. So, yeah, I, I guess a lot of this is you know various things that may potentially get wrapped up. Like Ogan may get wrapped up. You can see Kitty probably. Having had a conversation with him at some point, it's, you, you don't do him without me. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, and and Kitty Pride is a huge part of Wolverine's history, so right. you know, that's another one. So yeah, one last duet. So I'm trying to figure out who else we're gonna see. Um, Lady Mariko from the uh, the miniseries. Pretty sure she's still dead, but I'm pretty sure Wolverine ran into her during Jason Aaron's run, where Wolverine went to hell. Yeah. And if I rem- remember right, may have tried to give her the option to come back. Now, yeah. if I'm remembering right, that gives an out to bring her back for one last go around. Yeah. Uh, Lord Shingen, her father, who Wolverine killed in the miniseries, I'm pretty sure somewhere along the line he got resurrected. So yeah. if he's still alive, we'll probably see him again. Um, Lady Deathstrike is there. Um and as, if I remember correctly, isn't that what happens to Yukio? Like from way back, she becomes, she decides like she sort of fixates on like your claws are so awesome. I want that. I don't. Th- there's a couple of different versions of that. And then there's another one where like her, her father experiment. Yeah. I, on her. I want to say, I want to say that was maybe the first one. Okay. Yeah. I want to say there's some kind of tie in, but I don't think they're the same person, at least at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a while. I'll have to I'll have to check that out. I, I don't think they're... There's a couple of different origin stories to that one. So. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a Yu-Gi-Oh at this point. So, um, and if it's not, then that's someone who probably could also come back. Yeah. Uh, the Mystique, I mean, shit, we already saw her. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> just being name-checked in this one, so she'll be a piece of it. I wonder if we'll see Magneto. Possibly. wonder if he's not the one behind the whole thing, although he's more of a... Of a general x-men yeah yeah well also more general x-men yeah he's he's more involved in in that side of things now than being the bad guy which is why mystique is running around being the big bad for the evil mutants as long as i don't see fucking romulus (laughs) six seven years ago the whole fucking romulus and saber tooth i i damn near tuned out of the book well i mean that being said there there are a whole host of characters from the Canadian side of things that we could potentially see, like Wendigo or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, I feel like we could potentially see a Hulk Wolverine kind of throw down, you know. <laughs> Although in his weakened state. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't go for very long, I don't <laughs> think. But um, one thing that bothered me continuity-wise, now I had a problem with Nuke mm-hmm. last week because, yeah, I, I have since gone back and checked and yes, Nuke was fucking blown up in Captain America in the last couple of months. Yep. So now this Death of Wolverine comes right at the end of Paul Cornell's run. Mm-hmm. During the last several issues of that run, Sabretooth was a fucking crime boss. That's right. Yeah. Who had <laughs> ninjas and minions and at one point had a device that could 
grant him fucking wishes. At the end of that, he was taken into S.H.I.E.L.D. custody and put into a place, not the kind of place where Viper can come and bail you out and give you drugs. Except Viper is the head of Hydra. Uh, Okay. (laughs) All right. It just, it feels really sudden to go from Sabretooth in finely tailored suits and (laughs) to, oh yeah, I've been chained up here long enough to get poisoned (laughs) and... Yeah, but they they made some point of like kind of like how she found him and was able to keep him off of because uh, the thing that Wolverine discovers is that he's not the only one on this list. People are coming at him, but other people who are connected to him or who have powers similar to him, um, such as Lady Deathstrike, are yeah. also on this list. And Viper was able to keep him off of it. Yeah, which means we'll see X-23 and probably Phantom X and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a whole nother. I wonder if the professor from Weapon (laughs) X is behind the whole thing. Yeah, maybe. But, um, although no, I think think Wolverine chopped him up at the end of that, although it may have been a fantasy. It wasn't real clear. (laughs) Not to me, but I'm on my second beer, so. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and to get into stories that have a hole in them so he's he's killing his way up the contract yeah why is he doing that he clearly had a defensible position in the first one he specifically let nuke live to spread the word if you come here you're dead which would seem to take some of the pressure off why didn't he just hole up and wait for mr fantastic to come up with the cure for his healing factor uh, because then you don't actually like get a death of Wolverine because if you behave sensibly, uh, then he gets cured. Ah, okay. You mean sensibly like if he doesn't want to do that? He flat out said in the beginning of this book, oh, I've been around for two or three weeks trying to get an audience with Viper. If you're that deep undercover in Madripoor, <laughs> stay in fucking Madripoor <laughs> undercover. Go to bars, <laughs> drink. Just mention every once in a while you want to talk to Viper. Don't order the fucking helmet. Wait for <laughs> Mr. Fantastic to call. Let him FedEx you the stuff. Yeah, if you can be that deep undercover in Madripoor and people aren't coming at you, um, yeah, why not just do that? <laughs> yeah. it's Well, it, it comes down to, we've speculated over and over again that this is just editorial saying, yep, Wolverine's got to die and uh, who wants to do it? And before the show, I was looking online as I'm going through back issues trying to find the uh, the final few issues from uh, Cornell's run. And found an interview with Cornell where he was offered Death of Wolverine, and he said, nah, I didn't really want to do that, but at least they let me finish my story um, in the way I wanted so I didn't have to do this thing that they declared was going to happen. <laughs> so that's independent verification. Yeah. Somebody just said kill Wolverine. And uh, look, if that's the thing, then yeah, you got to put him under the fucking axe. There's no, there's yeah. no other way around it. So I suppose you have to forgive a certain amount of plot. Yeah, he's got to get A to B right? if I'm going to do this and do it in a way that will let me use Kitty Pride and Sabretooth. And... Yeah, I mean, the, the final throwdown probably happens somewhere in Japan because Wolverine. Yeah. So I'll, I'll forgive a certain amount because I also know yeah, Wolverine will be back in a year. Probably. But... <laughs> uh, Art-wise, I, I really like the art in this. I did too, actually. Yeah, we, we talked about, from the storytelling standpoint, uh, while it didn't work for you, I liked that double page into Wolverine's basically fucked. 
I liked um, the stuff in the bar in the beginning. Um, I thought that it was very lushly drawn. Like it was. <laughs> yeah. They, and, uh, they took their, their time and put a lot of nice detail in there. Yeah. The other sequence that I liked was when Logan makes himself known to Viper and she says attack. There's a two page layout of 12 panel grid that very specifically shows sunglasses dropping and action happening and then the sunglasses hitting which hitting the ground which shows how quickly things are happening yep and some of the panels two or three in a row are showing a wider area but different things happening in each to give a sense of space and pacing i thought it was a really well put together couple of pages with a ton of action a lot of cues to show how quickly wolverine is just mowing through these people even without his claws yep and uh i really enjoyed that yeah, no, it, he still has a lot going for him. It's just that when he gets to the, the super-powered baddies is what he has left enough. <laughs> yeah. And it clearly won't be. The book's called Death of Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, there's there's some logical flaws in the book. There's a certain amount that Sewell had, you know, has to deal with to get him point A to point B, but yep. setting it up is sort of a... A final tour where everybody gets one last goodbye. You know, yeah. I think he's doing it pretty effectively, and it's it's been reasonably fun to watch. You need to turn off certain parts of your brain, you know, like the part that says it wasn't Sabretooth just in a suit and one nuke dead. <laughs> but you know, if you can do that, you know, Jesus is a surprise. Kitty showed up because at the end of the last issue of Cornell's run, they had a long conversation together <laughs> and seemed to patch things up. But you know, as you know, one last go round with uh, a bunch of good action, you know, good looking art, and a chance for everybody to say goodbye. Yeah, you know, it's. I think it's working. Yeah, it's Tom Sawyer's funeral with claws. Superheroes. Sure. <laughs> Mutants. So yeah, this one's continued to be good enough to stick with it. Yes. All right, we got anything else? I think that's it. Yeah, it's it's getting late, and my beer's starting to get warm. I got to oh, refresh no. it. So. So, yes, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I don't know where you found the show, but our home base is crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. You can email us at crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. We are on Twitter. At Infinite Midlife. Thank you, because I never remember it. It's It's okay. It's just our Twitter. It's plugged into the phone. It shows up (laughs) when I press the button. I rarely tweet myself. But uh, not a euphemism. Not a euphemism. Yes, you can find us on iTunes. If you find us there, do us a favor. Uh. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Um, like to hear what you think we're doing right. What you think we're doing <laughs> wrong. Too many Vicodin jokes this week. Fuck it. That's what I'm feeling like. But Too much Jericho. <laughs> a little Jericho goes a long fucking way. <laughs> but no, it, it also, you know, it, it helps us understand what we're doing right. And it, it helps bring more people into the show. So we would really appreciate it. Uh, We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. Yes. And I think that's about it. That is it. It's beer o'clock. It is. This has been episode 34 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening. And uh, Seriously, if I see Jericho on that show, I'm going to lose my shit. 42 minutes of Jericho peeling onions. (laughs)